everybody. You are listening to the Tough Like a Girl podcast. My name is Nathaniel. And I'm Liz. And this is where we take a look at uh, graphic novels and trade collections with female protagonists. And we really should have done this last month. I know. Uh, we did this a lot. We realize after a month is finished, like, oh, there's something we could have done topical. And then we do it afterwards. And... Missed the window. But we've done it again, because this time we're taking a look at Scarlet Witch, a collection called Witch's Road. And, of course, last month saw the conclusion of WandaVision. So that's why it would have been topical, and we missed it. Um, This collection contains five issues, all written by James Robinson, with a a rotating uh, art and color team. So, uh, they appeared to have more or less a different artist every issue. It's a little weird with issues three and four, but there's still two artists across those two. So, pencil art was done by Vanessa Del Rey, Marco Ruddy, Steve Dillon, Chris Visions, and Javier Polito. Polito. And the colors were done by Jordi Belair, Marco Rudy. Frank Martin, Chris Visions, uh, Vero Gandini, uh, Munza Vincent. And I probably butchered some of those. Apologies. That was a lot. I was like, oh, man, I'm excited that you have to read all this. (laughs) Well, you you rather like the fact that I I have, for some reason, took it upon myself to do the synopses and... I'm not volunteering for that. You, you seem to like to do it, so I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, so this, there, there's kind of a loose connection between these five stories, but they're also semi-self-contained. It's a little bit weird. So what this is, is this is following uh, Wanda Maximoff, a.k.a. the Scarlet Witch, as she is encountering various things in various locales across the world where there's just something wrong like magically wrong which is specific to her wheelhouse um starts initially with a um something in new york and there's a demonic possession she goes to uh, an island in greece and deals with what appears to be the minotaur uh she goes to ireland and deals with Banshees and Ghosts and encounters a uh, running villain uh, called the Emerald Warlock, who is kind of trying to manipulate her for his own purposes. That doesn't totally work out um, as he wanted it to. And then after that, we have uh, a fairly self-contained one where she goes to a, a convent in Spain and deals with some very, very bad um, and... Um, old pain from sort of past sins sort of thing going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, different art style as it goes through. Uh, what did you think? It was okay. Um, the different art styles kind of threw me off from here to there. Like, so some of them are really pretty and some of them, I think I decided because I looked back through it and I think I liked overall the third one the best. It seems to be the most straightforward. Yeah, that one was primarily Steve Dillon. Yep. And because a lot of the other ones, 
I sort of like the blurry art, and like for instance, on issue two when they're in Greece, it's beautiful, but the paneling is the, the most confusing thing ever. Yeah, issue two has some gorgeous art, but like the panel layouts, they, I, I don't even think I can call it a mess because to call it a mess would be implying I could reference some other mess that I've seen before. This is. This is an attempt to be artistic, and it's just like, no, no. It's it's the kind of it's when somebody it's reinvents. Very confusing. Well, it's it's when somebody reinvents the wheel for no good reason. It's like you know everybody makes airplanes out of metal. I'm gonna make one out of raisins. Why? <laughs> e even if it works, why would you do that? It was fine the way it is. Uh, yeah, I really don't know. They were trying to draw shapes and circles and weird, like, little tiny inch-long panels that curved. Yeah. I don't know the why. And, and it doesn't... stack them on top of another, but, like, yeah. make them stretch over two pages. It's... Here's the thing. It is possible to do atypical layouts, but you still have to do it in a way that has a natural flow for the eye to follow. Let me see. There's like somewhere it's got to be a it lot on it. Just kind of doesn't have that. Okay, on this two-page spread, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, kind of eight, nine, ten, eleven. I mean, like, do you count? Do you I? count? This this is one. This is one complete image that these other ones are cutting in on. So that. All of this is one. So is this. I don't... It's very confusing. Yeah. It's gorgeous, but it's like... It, it could have been so much better had they chosen not to do that. Like, honestly, the only way that you can follow this is by following the conversation and finding the speech bubbles that make sense <laughs> that immediately follow after what you just read. Because without that, there's like... There's nowhere for the eye to naturally go from one to the other. Yeah. Um, I will say I did, I did like the stylization in issue four. I did like that one too. Uh, which takes place primarily on the, the witch's road that it, the collection pulls its name from. So it's this sort of slightly ethereal. Uh, though when look. she came out of the witch's road in that section, it, it was more clear cut the pictures. So I like that contrast. Well, when it uh, when she came out, it went back to Steve Dillon, the other oh! artist, because three and four is credited to both Steve oh, Dillon and that's clever. Who's, okay, I who's like the how they one. did. So three and four seemed uh, Chris didn't... Visions. So yeah, so what they had is Steve Dillon did all the stuff set in the real world, and Chris Visions did all the stuff set on the Witch's Road, and that's that's where the multiple artist actually feels like it has a purpose and isn't a gimmick. Yeah. Going from issues one to two, it felt like a gimmick. Yep. And the art on issue one is okay. There are some dead eye faces, though. Yeah, I don't... This whole magic eye being pupilless doesn't do them any favors. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not just her, even, though. Because, like, um, like look at look at this guy. Look at this security guy. Like, he's got dead eyes. This cop's got dead eyes. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 and then there's the issue great. five, which. Issue five is highly stylized and in a way that I personally don't care no. for. It's very hard lines. Dark. Yeah. yeah. 
It's, ve- Which it's very I harsh. I guess kind of works for the tone of the story, but... It's not unfitting, because issue five is the one dealing with sort of the the harshest stuff. In t- like, it's dealing with historical witch burnings and, you know, lingering trauma, regional trauma from that. So, like, mm-hmm. this very harsh, frankly unappealing, <laughs> to be blunt about it, Art style is not Her eyes, yeah, are a little much. Is not unfitting for the story being told. But I kind I of s- like the silhouettes of the art, though. Yeah, towards the end where we have an action scene and it's all silhouetted, that goes pretty well. But like, I've always kind of liked that in general in like stories when they use like when they tell backstories with that in certain yeah. movies. I've always appreciated that, but. Most of the rest of it, it's not. I can't even say that it's bad, but I can say I don't like it. but um aside from the art what did you think about either the stories themselves or whatever sense you got of wanda as a character or so oh i should give a heads up there's got to be some spoilers for wandavision here because there are some characters that show up in both and to talk about their presence in that show is kind of a spoiler so that's your heads up on that I think what I liked the most was her witch's road experience and kind of seeing her mother on that. I like that yeah. ethereal quality, and I think that was my favorite part of the whole of this book. Yeah. Uh, and although I felt like the meeting with the Emerald Warlock, the conclusion was a little anticlimactic, I, I liked that general part of it. Um, and just the idea of the witch's road and the bit, I don't know. And they use this a couple times about like male versus female magic and things like that, that I didn't really care about, but it's, it's a little, it's kind of a weird thing that uh, frankly, a lot of these kinds of stories, because I I mean, honestly, I know you've tried to scrub it from your mind, but Witchblade kind of did that because the whole idea was. The oh, was that that weapon needed to attach to a woman instead of a man? So right. I don't know how off the top of my head. I don't know how hard um, Marvel specifically goes in for male versus female magic. I feel like it's a bit of a thing, but I I don't I don't know this end of Marvel well enough to really cite it off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, like, I don't feel like you get that much of a sense of who Wanda is as a person, because she seems to largely, other than the stuff on the witch's road, seems to largely be driven by just a sense of obligation that she's the one who has to deal with this stuff. You don't Uh, get get a a lot of insight. She's trying to make amends in a way for, like, her past... Yeah, doing, but, it's, but it's not clear why. Like, you don't get a lot of specifics on why. And I mean, like, depending on what sins she is currently trying to to do, right? Because, like, Wanda's got a long list of stuff that she could theoretically be trying to atone for. Yeah. But, but part of the thing there is pretty much all of the stuff that you could say she would carry the most guilt about is tied to her magic in some way. 
<laughs> so I almost feel like if you were gonna do a story about her trying to atone, it should be a story about her trying to do good without her magic instead of and with where's it. the fun in that <laughs> i'm just saying there's kind of an inherent clash given that her magical abilities are at the core of really almost everything that's gone horribly wrong in her life in the last 30 years yeah pretty much of storytelling yes so yeah there's a little bit of a disconnect there um so we gave the spoiler warning so i can ask uh, what did you think of agatha I liked her use as a ghost here. It worked better than in WandaVision. Yeah, neither Liz nor I are particularly big fans of uh, the characterization and use of Agatha Harkness in WandaVision. Um, Not a knock against the actress, Catherine no. Hahn, who played her, who I like. I liked... She was fine with what she was given and what she did. I love that actress and other stuff, like Joy Her and Bad Moms. Not a great movie series, but fun. And she's a lot having a lot of fun in it. No, she's good in the part. Um I mean like I did a I did an entire video on this on Council of Geeks. So if you want a half hour deep dive into this nonsense, you can go there. But the short version for me is what I did not like about Agatha primarily was that her presence and making her the hub of the climax, she did not feel like a climax to the story up to that point. Nothing about her presence or what she was doing fit the theming of what the thing was trying to be. And I, for that reason, I felt her presence was really jarring and frankly unwelcome. Yeah, she took away from important... Darcy, Jimmy, Monica Rambo time. I mean, so. like, there, there was a much better subplot going on, for one thing. <laughs> yes. And, th and then the other thing is, like, you know, when you're making a show about emotional trauma and the damage that happens to not only yourself but people around you when you cut yourself off and try and insulate yourself from the pain of the world and how the pain seeps out anyway, nothing about that, to me, has a natural conclusion of wizard fight in the sky. I mean, the thing where she's backtracking with her and kind of visit, like visiting, like her she facilitated that. that, but like you also didn't need her to have that. It's a flashback episode. There's a million things you could cue off a I flashback suppose. episode. Yeah, that's true. But then the next episode, where yeah, it was wizard. It, it's wizard fight in the sky. That's well, like that. I would have liked some quieter <laughs> moments with Monica. Yeah. That that was not a natural conclusion for that show. But okay, enough of that, about that. And more of Darcy and Vision hanging out. <laughs> like anything involving Jimmy, Darcy, or Monica, I am I'm signed up for in that show. I did really. Uh, speaking of WandaVision, I really did think Elizabeth Olsen did a good job with it too. She did. And she like, did very good. Um, but Agatha, as portrayed here, so yes, Agatha is. I think she's still dead. In the She's comics. like a sort of ghost. Yeah, yeah, definitely in these books. I mean, I'm saying like even separate from this, I think oh. in continuity. I think she's still dead. I don't know. Um, but historically, she's been um, Wanda's teacher in magic. Whereas here, you know, she's following her around and kind of offering guidance as best she can. But also because she's a ghost and can not do a ton directly, she's also a little snarky and a little... A little needling, which makes for which works. it makes for a fun dynamic, and it also avoids the uh, at times rough comic book trope of the hero having to talk to themselves mm 
mm-hmm. all the dang time. It's it it helps to give them. I mean, like there are ways around that because in comics you can have thought bubbles or caption boxes or whatever. But it, it it's generally better if they can have someone to play off of. So it having it be Agatha's ghost does a good job of making Wanda still feel alone. Mm-hmm. while in fact giving her someone to play off of at the same time because she's literally she is literally just talking to a to a ghost <laughs> wandering around the you know different yeah. countries talking to a ghost yeah fighting supernatural elements like you do when yeah. you have maximoff i mean might as well because I, I swear to God, as far as how the comics use her, it's either this or breaking reality again. <laughs> She's done it a bit. It's, yes. yeah. And honestly, if, if those are the choices, if all Marvel knows what to do with Wanda, is this or have her be the de facto villain by breaking reality, I would rather have this. Because mm. the woman's been through enough for crying <laughs> out loud. <laughs> So, yeah, given those options, I will take this. But it's it's light, it's very it's very thin. I was actually kind of shocked to find out that this was five issues. I'm like, how long were those issues? This is like even yeah. even for a trade collection, this is thin. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a pretty quick read. It's I mean, if you found if you have found an appeal in Wanda in the movies or in WandaVision, you might get a sense of how her depiction or her time in the comics differs. This isn't a bad way to kind of digest what a more, for lack of a better, better term, typical adventure for her looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but unless you have a particular interest in the character of the Scarlet Witch, I'm I'm not sure there's a lot that I would that would push me to recommend it. Yeah, it's kind of a meh book. Yeah. It's, it's not, not bad. It's not it's bad. Not it's fine. Amazing. It's it's nothing like it's not Witchblade. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, given what we covered last month, I think it's it's a step up. Um, but Yeah. <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah. What, what? I'm like trying to remember and then I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yes, that. That thing. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I guess that's a that's a soft yeah, if you like the character, go for it. Recommendation <laughs> yeah. on this. That's about all we've got. Um, but we will take a quick commercial break and we'll be back with listener feedback. From the creator of Dungeons and & Chill and Comic Trades Monthly comes a new podcast, The Last Voice, a story of surviving the end of the world alone. When the world isn't what you remember, An audio drama about the human experience and finding yourself while asking for help. A new episode of The Last Voice drops this Tuesday. Can you solve the mystery of how the world ended? Find The Last Voice podcast in your favorite podcast app. All right, folks, we are back and we have a couple of pieces of feedback from the previous episode where we took a look at Frank Miller's Give Me Liberty. (laughs) I know. It, after the after we read the feedback, it can't hurt you anymore. <laughs> so first up from Brian Linton. Full disclosure, I haven't read a lot of Frank Miller. That's okay, Brian. <laughs> that being said, my limited experience with his works leads me to believe he's not the first writer to go to for empowering women, people of, people of color, the LGBTQ plus community, 
or anyone else for that matter. It's nice to see that I'm not completely alone in that assessment. Still, I thank you both for covering this book, even if it's just to give me <laughs> an excuse to not read it myself. I'm looking forward to your upcoming coverage of The Scarlet Witch. She's one of my favorite MCU characters, sitting a little behind her absolute, absolute favorite, the Sorcerer Supreme himself, Stephen Dr. Stephen Strange. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if you do dig her as a character, I think you might get something out of that book. And yeah, Frank Miller... <sighs> Here's the thing. Frank Miller, even at his best... And he could be good. Like, I do want to stress, he was good once. But he had a very limited wheelhouse. And as time has gone on, <laughs> he couldn't even do that well anymore. So, like, if you, if you want to read quote-unquote good Frank Miller, read his Daredevil stuff, read Batman Year One, read The Dark Knight Returns, and then just stop. <laughs> then, yeah, just just walk away at that point. Because, I mean, maybe Sin City, if Neo-Noir is, I've read a is little really bit. your jam. Uh, I mean, if it's that, not as bad as Give Me Liberty, I'll no, say that. If, if Neo-Noir is really your jam, give that a shot. But other than that, no. Uh, I mean, if you... If you truly need to understand how far he has fallen, see if, do not pay money for this, but see if you can get your hands for free on scans or something of uh, Holy Terror and realize how far the once supposedly mighty have fallen. Or, uh, or... I think I'm good. <laughs> or, better idea, you can support a decent creator, go onto YouTube and look up Linkara's review of... Uh, holy terror. He suffered through it, so we don't have to. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Second comment is from Lizanne Oswald. Impressive podcast, most impressive. Of course, I think I'm right. I'm always right. <laughs> it just takes a moment for everyone else to realize. You'll catch on in a second. And even when I'm wrong, it's just a skew of perception. Moving on. Okay, this book is a little bit weird. Yeah, it really was a bit weird. Yeah, yeah, Not as weird as Frank gets. Is it like today? Um, no one's put Kamala Harris's brain in a robot yet. I hope we never get to the. Yeah, the, I, I don't need robo politicians. I do, yeah, yeah. It it's been enough these past couple years. I think we're good. Still, Frank got weirder. Um, be glad the mecha the mechanic the mechanic was a man. So you'll never have to cover Holy Terror, which yep, you just that, mentioned. Yeah, that, that had a male lead character, thank God. That was a Barry Allen-level bullet dodge there. <laughs> Though he did do an electric comment, so hey, she could fit. Um, back to the comics. So it's satire from someone who didn't know what they're talking about. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so featuring nutty weirdos doing crazy stuff did he predict my youtube comic page anyways on to people becoming animals probably symbolic some um tribes see themselves as animal totems and push for said animals um native american guy was an eagle um liz says she got the name running bear from her great aunt who's part choctaw um, and so she has a lot of bear stuff. And some of the Vikings did the same. Hunters were wolves. And so she talks a little bit about that. Um, 
and a little bit about um, coyotes and um, brer rabbits and things like that and the different mythology between um, on tricksters. A um, little bit about Bruce Lee and dragons and um, so she's excited that we're doing the Scarlet Witch next. Um, I think we did have Robinson was one of them, right? Um, this is this is Robinson's run that we're reading from. Ah, so yeah, she's oi for that. Um, anyways, um, he said she says I like Robinson. He was great on Starman, but not so much on Wanda. Um, this was done well. Um, anyways. Oi, why? I'm not sure if I had an issue or a small TBS before I got behind on this. Um, this was just sigh, so I avoided Robinson's run. Anyway, I like Wanda. She has, she's had a few comics. There was a 12 issue in the 80s or 90s I saw in the bin that looked cool. Um, but she bought Cadillacs and Dinosaurs instead. I don't know that one. Anyways, can't wait to hear the next podcast. Thank you, Liz Ann. Well, that's something that the, um... Uh, the Sutherlands, Ruth and Darren would appreciate because um, they they one of their podcasts is uh, Xenozoic Xenophiles, I believe is what they call it, which follows Xenozoic Tales, which is what Dinosaurs and Cadillacs is. And the comic is about what it sounds like. It's got dinosaurs and Cadillacs. I like dinosaurs. I mean, I like Devil Dinosaur. He was super cute. He, he was very cute. He was very cute. Um, so we don't know what no, we're doing No, I next. think we do. I got Snapdragon, which is a oh, new you, Golden you Dome did. nominee. I, it just hasn't arrived yet. Okay. So we're going back to the, uh, to the middle school-ish age, uh, targeted graphic novels for next time. And we will hopefully, uh, have you come back and join us for that. Mm -hmm. But, um, until then, I guess we will see you in a month. Bye, everybody. Bye. Tough Like a Girl is a Council of Geeks production and is presented on the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Comments can be left on fireandwaterpodcast.com and you can support the network by finding us on Patreon. This particular show was supported by Carolyn and Brian Linton. Our logo art was created by Nick Buxom and our theme music is by Erica Dreisbach, whose other works can be found at ericaricardo.com. Bye! Okay, get that going and we'll level it out and I'm gonna sit back here because I'm louder than you. Yeah. <laughs> that may be true. No, it's definitely true. <laughs> it's true. I, I'm the one who edits this. I know it's true. Scoot, scoot closer to the mic. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's a lady. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs>